Hi, everyone. Susie O here. Just want to let all of you know that the certificates of deposit at Alliant Credit Union are now at, for a six-month CD, 5%, a 12- to 17-month CD, 5.15%, and an 18- to 23-month CD, 4.90%. And for those amounts of $75,000 or more, just add on 0.5% to those rates. Go to myalliant.com and check it out. March 25th, 2021. Hello, my dear KT. Hi, Susie. This is Ask Susie and KT. Anything. anything. You know what? Anything. I, wait, I have to tell you anything. something funny that anything. I realized. Because I was listening to the podcasts. Which one? A lot of them. <laughs> I was listening because you told everybody that the podcast all about Bitcoin was the January 31st podcast, well, was but it a, was February 7th. Well, the big lesson was in February, but you're right. I made a mistake. But January, there was a I little know, bit. So I had to listen to all of them to find what I was looking for. However. But January was a good place to start. <laughs> Do you know what I realized as I was listening to them all? What? We have not said in many, many months... If you want to write in and ask a question to Susie and KT, where to do so? Do you know we haven't said that? They go to the app. Well, they can go to the app, the community app that you can download on Apple Apps or Google Play. Just or just go to asksusiepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, but we haven't said that. And well, we you still, better tell everybody. I but just we, told them, listen, KT. Listen, we have so many questions, but we're happy to get more. Short ones. <laughs> if you send me short ones, I'll pick them out, put them right on top of the list. I watch her when pile. she's doing this. She doesn't know I'm watching her. She's going through the questions. And all of a sudden, I see her with her little finger on her iPhone going, you know, scrolling. scrolling and I see short, scrolling. short, short. And then all of a sudden, no, all of a sudden, she goes, it goes to another one. And then when it's a short one, she hits print and I hear it printing out so that she has all these questions in front of her. Go for it, girlfriend. Okay. My first question is from Holly. Hi, Susie and KT. In this wild year of job transitioning for so many, I'm hoping this might apply to more than myself. That was nice of you, Holly. My question is about a rollover IRA brokerage account I have at Vanguard. It's a small amount. I have about $1,647. I'm not sure what I should do with this amount. Is it best to transfer my Roth IRA and count it towards my annual 6000 Or should I just leave it in to avoid any withdrawal fees? Or should I relocate the money with the rollover IRA to funds that produce more of a return? 
Does Holly say how old she is? Mm, no. All right, everybody, listen to me closely. When you do write in and you ask a question, can you just tell me how old you are? And then it can help me a lot in answering your question correctly. Holly, first of all, if you take this money, the $1,647, which by the way, girlfriend, is not a small amount. The day that you start thinking any amount of money is small, a dollar, a hundred dollars, whatever, I, that I don't even know what to think about it. But anyway, here's the thing. If you were to take this money and convert it into a Roth IRA, yes, you would owe taxes on the $1,647, all right? But it probably won't be a big deal. But that does not count towards your annual amount that you can put into a Roth IRA. Now, they will be all one account, but you'll have the converted account along with the contributory account. So you could do the $1,600 plus another $6,000 if you're under 50 or $7,000 a year if you're 50 or older and be okay. So that's what I would be doing if I were you. All right, next girlfriend. Um, hey, Susie and KT, I have a question regarding a contribution to a 2020 traditional IRA. And then if I refiled to a 1040, am I eligible for the stimulus? When I was talking to my dad, he said I should contribute to my 403B and I would not be able to contribute to a traditional IRA, but said we could try for my husband since he doesn't have a 401k or a 403B. That doesn't sound right to me. I contributed $10,000 to my employer 403B and my gross income is $125,000. I'm 56 years old. Is my dad correct or is his example only for folks who make over a certain amount of money? I love and trust my dad and he's a fan as well, Susie, but he's not always right. <laughs> Thanks again. Oh, wait. And she said, P.S., I opened my Alliant Credit Union account. Yay. Oh, it's right. I, I already I forgot. Oh, my God. End of the month. Six Keep your days, fingers crossed. Six days left till it officially ends. However, we will know by Sunday if they're going to extend it or not. So make sure you tune in and find out. Or just open it now. Open it Open now. it now. Yeah, don't wait. It's okay, true. Okay, so what should she, is her dad right or is he wrong? What do you think, Katie? Just out of I curiosity. I think he's so wrong. Why? I don't know, but I just have a feeling he's right. wrong. Right. Is he wrong? Wait, this isn't your quizzy. I was just <laughs> curious what you were going to say. Here's the thing, everybody, before I even answer this question. It's really important just because a parent with such authority tells you something, and they've been telling you something forever, that, that they're right. You don't know that they're right. Maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. And in this particular case, Papa Bear, you could not be more wrong Yay, if I knew it. you tried. But here's the reason, everybody. You absolutely can have an employer-sponsored retirement plan such as a traditional or Roth 401k, 403b, TSP. And you can also, in addition, have a traditional or Roth IRA. You could have a SEP IRA besides an employer-sponsored retirement plan. So 
it's very important that if you contributed $10,000 to your 401k plan, you absolutely could contribute at the age of 56, because she's 50 or older, $7,000 to a traditional or to a Roth if she qualified for it on adjusted gross income. But here's the bottom line. Papa, you are wrong. You absolutely can have both. Be nice to your daddy that he was wrong. Right? Yeah. I know why you're not mentioning this woman's name. I know why, KT. You want me to tell you why? Why? Because you don't want her daddy to feel bad because he's a fan and he listens. Because I'm sitting here going, why isn't KT saying this woman's name? And the reason is, I know you, KT. You're right. I don't want him to be embarrassed. And I had a feeling it was wrong. You're so protective of Okay, I have another question. Oh, God. This one's from June. This is sad. My spouse recently died. I miss him so. We were in the process of trying to sell our home of 25 years. We wanted to take advantage of the 500000 exclusion, but we're too late now. I'm so sad. And now I will have to owe far more taxes. Susie, can you help me? Oh, June. I didn't know what exclusion. Why don't you explain that? Because I don't, I didn't get that. You know what? People are writing me and go, how long has KT lived with you? <laughs> no, I didn't know this part. Why? All right. Because we don't sell houses that often. When, when you go and you buy a house, and let's say you buy a house for $100,000, Mm-hmm. And the house, you hold the house and it appreciates and now it's worth $600,000. If you are married and you go to sell that house, you each get a $250,000, actually it's an exemption. Right. Right. So you each get a $250,000 exemption or $500,000, which means if you bought it for 100000 you get a $500,000 exemption and you sell it for $600,000. You don't owe any tax whatsoever. The exemption is the amount that is exempt from being taxed. Which is two fifty dollars each. Two fifty dollars each. Okay. But in June's situation, she's saying that she's so sad because she recently just lost her husband while they were trying to sell their property. And now because she's by herself, She's only going to get a $250,000 exemption. Is there anything that she can do? I guess not, right? <laughs> Is there? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <No>, she... <laughs> I'm sad too. Can she do can she do anything? You bet she can. Oh. See, this is why everybody, it's so important that you have a place to come to to ask questions where most people don't have a clue as to what the answer to that question is. Do not point at yourself like that, Katie. She's I'm sitting not here pointing at herself. I'm not embarrassed to tell people I'm most people. Most people like KT, who's very smart, don't have a clue. When it comes to a lot of these financial... Do you think I've been too protective of you with money? No. Well, then why don't you know these things? I'm, I didn't know about... Well, if someone... Because you just said that she was sad, or she said she was sad that he, she has to pay more, but you're saying there's a way out. What is it? Don't try to turn... Did you hear everybody what she just <laughs> all did? Right, what is it? All right, all right, Tell so, them what is all right, it. So, June, here's what you need to know. Since you're husband, your spouse just died, 
you qualify for all of this. You first of all, if you sell your home within two years of the death of your spouse, and you haven't remarried at the time of the sale, which we know you will not have, and neither you nor your late spouse took the exclusion on another home sold less than two years before the date of the current home sale. These are all things you have to know, everybody. And most importantly, you meet the two-year ownership and residence requirement. What that is, KT, is to take this $250,000 exemption per person, you have to have lived in that house as your primary residency for two out of the past five years. Because maybe it's your home and you're renting it out and you haven't lived in it for five years and none of this applies to you anyway. They've been in it 25 years. Right. So therefore, June, on every single level, you still qualify for your husband's $250,000 exemption. So you need to go ahead now, sell the house and $500,000, even though he's no longer here you're still going to get that entire exemption. Well, so there you go. Right. That's so great. I know June should sell the house by June. Well, there, that would be very lucky. June, go for Is it. Is that corny? A little bit, but you like things like that. I All right, this next one, everybody, is something... Did you see how quickly she no, dismissed that, everybody? Go the on. next one is something <laughs> I picked out because of the title. When you write a subject and it catches my eye, for sure that's coming on the list. This is an email from Yvonne, but the subject says, a brief thank you from my heart. Mm. I love that. So dear Susie, I used to be petrified of investing in the stock market. Not anymore. And I have you to thank for that. I know I have a lot more to learn, but I also know I've come a long way. You've really helped me. Thank you for everything you do for all of us. I hope it's okay to send you thank you notes like these sometimes and I pray you see them because my heart wants to say thank you so much. I love you lots. Blessings to you and your KT. And this is from Yvonne. And, and I, I'm KT Yvonne, and I want to thank you for sending Susie a little thank you note because these lift her spirits and it makes her heart sing. Yeah. So thanks for doing that. I like that, right? Yvonne. And you know what I love about that email is that she prayed. Because mm-hmm. you know, I believe in prayer more than mm-hmm. anything. Yep. She prayed that that would come on the podcast. And you see, your prayers were answered. Okay, Susie, next question is from Katie. Hi, Susie. I'm 36, going through a divorce. I mainly stayed at home last year. We have a joint income, probably less than 100K. I opened my own accounts. I want to transfer my Fidelity 403B plan to a Fidelity Roth IRA before April 15th. Does this make sense? So Katie, number one, what doesn't make sense is why you're rushing to do so. The first of all, remember last Sunday's podcast, the IRS has extended the tax filing date till May 17th, which means you now have till May 17th to open up a traditional or a Roth IRA for the year 2020. 
but you can do a conversion from a 403b or a rollover from a 403b to an IRA or a Roth IRA anytime you want. And it has nothing to do with rushing about the tax deadline. The real question is, what taxable event will it create for you if you convert or roll over your 403b that you've never paid taxes on to a Roth 403b? Because that will be totally taxable to you. So before you do anything, make sure you consult with a CPA. So next one is from Craig. Yeah, a man smart enough to listen. Dear Susie, <laughs> I hope all oh is well. Oh my God, you have such a smile on I your face. I love to get the, ma- the men's emails. Dear Susie, Why? I just think it's fun because you, I, I get lonely without having them around. It's good. Like right. we love to see Colo every morning, both of us. We, okay, T. We do. Tell, what is, tell everyone what he does. Every morning he joins us for coffee or breakfast on the front porch, but the first thing he does, he pops his head in the front door and Susie's all the way in the back in her bedroom and he does what? He says what? Hi, Susie. And what do I do? Hi, Colo. Morning, Colo. But here's the thing, everybody. The reason I said, oh, please, is Katie is happy to see Colo first thing in the morning, second thing in the morning, for lunch, for dinner, in between. Colo, we love you. So we love seeing you almost all all day long. Are you kidding me? All right. All right. This is from Craig. I hope all is well with you and that you're staying safe. I'd really appreciate some advice on an issue I'm having with my only surviving parent. She is 86 and is sharp as a tack with everything except finances. She has retirement money that comes in every month to easily cover her bills, like a two to one ratio. She sent out a cry out for help as a good son does I co-signed with her on her house mortgage last go around five years ago, but she doesn't have enough income to qualify. I am on the house title. She is carrying about a 48% loan to value ratio on this mortgage. And over the past five years, despite my advice to pay off the bill every month has created a mid five figure credit card debt and has enough money in the bank to pay it off with a little bit left over. The interest on this debt cost her $700 a month. That's crazy. Now, she wants to refinance the house, take out some additional money, cannot justify what she's going to do with it, and potentially has found a lender that is willing to create an exception to try to put a loan package together. As you can imagine, we are at odds on this, and I'm not able to get the message across in the right way that is not a good retirement or any time plan. Susie, do you have any advice? Can I say something? Before you say what you want to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to say the number seven. Go on. Why do you want to say the number seven? You tell me what you are going right, to the, say. Throughout this entire email, I noticed one thing. Craig never referred to this only surviving parent as mom. Never. He sounds so mad that he can't even call her mom or his mother. 
All he says is she, she, she. Do you want to know what seven is? Yeah. The number of times he referred to his mother as she. Mm-hmm. So while you were reading it, I was marking down the number of times I kept hearing the word she. We were on the same wavelength. Oh, now she doesn't trust me. She's no, going I'm, through I'm it. I'm counting it. You're right. But isn't that, isn't it odd? I mean, he, he just must be furious and he doesn't know what to do. So what, what can know, he do? But so it's his mom and he can't even say mom. Here's the thing, Craig. Your name happens to be on the title to the house. And therefore, she cannot refinance that house without you signing on the loan again. Hmm. And there comes a time in life when helping is hurting and hurting is helping, which KT told you last week is one of my favorite sayings. And there also comes a time when the child needs to become the parent because the parent has obviously become the child and making serious, serious mistakes that you are the one who's going to end up having to pay for on some level of taking care of her (laughs) as she gets older or whatever it may be. So if I were you, I wouldn't worry about it. And the reason, yeah, and I'll tell you why. She can't refinance the house without your signature. So that's out of the equation. And she's going to find that out sooner than later. And when she comes to you and she asks you to sign, you're going to say, sorry, mom, I am not going to do it. I refuse to make a bad financial decision with you. Not going to do it. You don't have to ever talk to me again, but I'm not doing it. What about the $700 a month in debt? Here's the thing. That's crazy. Here's the thing. She's going to eventually run up her credit cards until she has no credit limit left. At that point, she's going to have to make a decision. Either she's going to have to pay it down with the cash that she has, or she's going to have to do what? She's going to have to claim bankruptcy. But what you need to know Seriously, listen to me now, Craig. If mama dies, you legally are not responsible for that credit card debt. Credit card debt is unsecured debt. Mommy dies, it dies with her. So you can have a talk with her, but obviously you've tried and she's not listening to you. You just have to now take a stance and at least protect the equity that is in her home. And you should make it clear to any lender or anybody you know she's talking to that your name is on title and you are not going to sign for her to refinance, take out a home equity line of credit, or do anything of the sort. He just has to be hardcore, KT. It's just that simple. All right. Another one from Steve. And this again is a situation where he's a little stuck. Hi, Susie. My name is Steve, and I was asked by a friend if I could lend him over $2,000 on my credit card, plus $400 in cash. For over a year now, he's been paying just the minimum on the credit card. He still owes me the $400 in cash. So far, my credit score has not suffered. He's my friend for 25 years and has been having a very hard time generating income with no steady job. I have a steady job and I'm doing fine financially. 
I guess my question to you is, can you give me any advice on how I should handle this situation? I thought about telling him that you need to pay me back by a certain time, but he has very limited income. So anything would help, Susie. Blessings from Steve. Mm. What can you tell him? Want to know what I find fascinating, KT? Is that the last two questions were for men. Mm -hmm. Men asking for help. Men possibly having made a mistake, having lent money to begin with. It's usually a woman who's lending money. And things are turning here a little bit where women really are learning how to say no out of love for themselves. And men are starting to really soften up in many ways. It's very interesting to me, but especially for all the women listeners out there, just take note that men always don't do the right things with money. Just remember, I said that to you. Steve, boyfriend, listen closely. This is your friend of 25 years. You already know that he's not doing well. You cannot get water from a rock and you cannot get money from somebody who doesn't have any. The great thing about it is at least he's been honorable and paying the minimum payment due every month on the credit card because he wants to make sure that your credit standing stays in good stead. So he's being responsible in his own way. The problem is, if he's only paying the minimum payment due, I would imagine that the $2,000 on the credit card that he originally put on there is now $2,500 or $3,000 or $4,000. It's growing. So Steve, this isn't just about, is he making the minimum payments every month? This is about you making sure what is the balance that you owe on that credit card. Now you said that you are doing great. You're doing fine. Everything's good for you. I want you, if you have at least a 12-month emergency fund, if you have money besides that, I want you to pay off this credit card in full. And then because you don't want it to continue to grow. Because if something happens to him and he can't pay for it at all anymore, you're going to be responsible for that. So pay it off in full. Tell him how much you paid off in full. And when he can, when he's back on his feet, when everything's good again, then to start paying you as much as he possibly can. However, Steve and everybody who ever thinks about lending money to a really good friend again, or family, or family member, know that if you lend them that money, you need to think of it as a gift because chances are you are never going to get that money back. And you don't want to lose a 25-year friendship over two or $3,000, Steve. You don't want to do that. So pay it off. Have a talk with him. Be compassionate with him because he's trying. And just say, listen, Steve, when you have the money, you'll pay me back. Just that simple. And if you never have the money, lesson learned. Okay, I have another boy. <laughs> Not another. We're going to get I'm saying, emails and people are going to yell no, at us. No, no, I have a boy. He's only 34, but I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by how smart he is already. Or maybe he's not smart, but at least he's so interested in investing. And I say, boy, he's 34. 
Ready? Okay, gee, I don't think he's going to take is, that as a compliment. Go on. Mark, you're just 34, but I, I think you're doing a lot of good things. So let Susie be the judge. I'm 34 and read about long-term bonds. I currently hold about 11% of my retirement funds in long-term bond ETFs. Given the low interest rate environment that we're in today, would you recommend selling and moving to preferred shares and high dividend REITs? Want to tell everyone what REITs are? Real Estate Investment Trust. Go on. Given my age, I know I won't need the money for 30 plus years. Ready, Susie? The rest of my investments are 22% in midterm bond funds, 53% in index funds, and 11% in stocks, stocks that he loves, Amazon, Apple, Lemonade, and Disney. Fabulous. <laughs> Lemonade is a fabulous stock, so by the way. Tell, talk to Mark about what he, he's asking you. Is he doing the right thing? Mark, I, I don't know where you got this idea on any level. So at 34 years of age, who in their right mind would have this much money in bonds. You would have money in bonds possibly, especially if interest rates were high, about to go lower, when you were a whole lot older. But at your age, at 34 years of age, almost 100%, honest to God of your money, should be in individual stocks or exchange-traded funds. And just look at it. Look at how much money you made on Amazon, Lemonade, Apple, whatever else it may have been, versus, and the Standard & Poor's 500 Index ETFs, by the way, versus what you made in bonds. Are you kidding me? So especially at this point in time, long-term bonds? Long-term? Really? All right. Listen to a podcast that I did maybe a week or so ago about why I wouldn't be touching a long-term bond fund if my life depended on it. Just my advice, boyfriend. (laughs) I guess she had an opinion, Mark. I always have an opinion. All right, Katie, it's time for your quizzy. But first, what do you you think I'm going to say? We have to tell everyone to tune in this weekend. HSN, baby. Do you, love, do you love that we're just so connected today? HSN, baby. So I I'm know, excited. We haven't been on HSN in a while. In a year, KT. Oh, my God. In a really? whole year. Everyone, you don't miss it. First of all, she's with two of her very favorite hosts, which I'm not going to disclose. You just have to tune in on Saturday at 9, 9 p.m. Eastern. And Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern. And I made a mistake in previous podcasts. I said it was 2 p.m., but it's 6 p.m. East Coast time, or you adjust that because it's live wherever you happen to be. And there will be a sweepstakes of $500 given away. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, for HSN value. Are you allowed to tell them now? I am telling them now so that they tune in on Facebook. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to do anything. And then you could take that $500 and who knows what you want to do with it. I know what I would do with it. Here's what I want to tell you about. Every time I talk about the must-have documents, I get lots of emails because KT forwards them to me. And it says, what is the code? And you could see the code is susieorman.com slash offer. And if you went to get the must-have documents, they would be $69 with that code. By the way, if you go to my website, susieorman.com, it's $199 there. 
So because you're my podcast buddies, we sell it for $69. But this week, this weekend, for $63, you're going to get the must-have documents. You're going to get a hardback copy of my New York Times bestseller, The Ultimate Retirement Guide for 50+. plus. You're going to get the audiobook, the online book, and you're going to get that offer for Alliant, you know, and we'll see what happens there. But it's that, so don't miss that. Don't miss it. It's a great show. Because that's a great, great offer for $63 to get all of that versus $69 just to get the must-have documents. So if you've been thinking about getting the must-have documents, you're to go to HSN and that's how you are to get them so you can save money. All right, KT. Quizzy time for you. All right. Ready? I'm a little nervous. All right. This one seems a little bit complicated. Why do you even think that? Because it's long. I'm looking it's at it. It's not that long. All right. What is it? What right. is it? I'm 35 years old and single. I do my own taxes. Now, everybody, listen closely because you all have to answer this question as well for yourself. This isn't just a KT quizzy. This is a women and money podcast quizzy. I'm looking for more ways to save for retirement. I saw on the IRS website something called Catch-Up Contributions for an IRA, which is something I haven't heard of before. If I have contributed $19,500, which is the max KT, to my company's 401k, and $6,000 to my contributory Roth, which is the max KT this year, can I also do catch-up contributions for previous years for either or both types of retirement accounts? And does that have current and past tax ramifications? Thanks for all you do to help us get better with money, Rochelle. So the question, everybody, before KT answers this, can Rochelle, having maxed out her 401k, as well as her Roth, can she also do the catch-up contributions? She is, as I said, 35 years of age. I think I think that why wouldn't the government want you to put more money into your retirement account? So I think, yes, you can definitely catch up for the years you missed, but there's no way I don't, I think you're going to slide with not paying taxes on it. Well, uh-huh, but it's to a Roth IRA, so there's no taxes. So she what does. about? The same thing. It's into her 401k. Yeah, I think you can catch up and pay into, can you pay the full amount? Well, let me just put it this way to you, Katie. <laughs> oh, come on. Wait, what's catch up mean then? <laughs> it means what you put on your fries. No, I knew <laughs> Susie, that's so corny. That's don't don't say that. All right. All right. So everybody, what look, does ketchup mean? Ketchup means this: once you turn fifty or older, so Rochelle, for the mere fact that you are only thirty-five, you cannot do this. But if you had written in and you were fifty years of age or older, the government allows you to do ketchup contributions, which means because you're older you need to maybe have more money put into your account so you can catch up so you could have money to retire. They allow you to put an extra $1,000 in a Roth 
So rather than $6,000 a year, if you're under 50, you could put $7,000 a year if you're 50 or older. So KT, all these years that you've heard me use those two numbers, the difference, the $1,000 is known as a catch-up contribution. So you can't put the full amount, only $1,000. But only if she's 50 or older. For a 401k plan, the catch-up is once you are 50 years of age and older, currently you can put in an additional $6,500. So Rochelle, if you were 50 or older, rather than $19,500 that you contributed to your 401k, you could be putting in a total of $26,000. So KT, she just goes on and continues to contribute the max every single year. And when she turns 50 or older, she can then take advantage of the catch-up contributions. Sounds like a plan to me. All right. So KT, that ends the Ask Susie and KT Anything. Where are you going right now this morning? I'm going fishing. With Cola, what are you fishing for today? We're trying to catch Wahoo. One last Wahoo. And we're trying to catch some yellowtail because Susie loves ceviche. And Colo makes the most delicious yellowtail ceviche. So we're going to give it a shot, but it's been really rough. So I'm not quite sure. And I'm going to sit on the loggia and watch them. All right, everybody. Sunday. Tune in Sunday. I actually tune in Saturday and Sunday to HSN. And Sunday, we're going to find out if Alliant is going to allow us to continue with the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account until the end of this year. All right. Talk to you then. Hey, wait, Susie. What? We what, have, what? I just wait ended. Wait a minute. No, no, no. People first. Oh, I forgot. Then, then money. Then things. Now... You stay safe. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.